This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. And welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Open Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. I'm joined here on this Sunday evening by our Jason Caldwell as an eventful weekend at Auburn gets wrapped up and we are now just a couple days away Jason from being a week away from football spring practice so that is something that is getting very close in the rear view that we'll be talking about very soon but until then um, Auburn basketball of course fell over the weekend at home to Kentucky and we've got some Auburn baseball to talk about as well but Jason we'll start with basketball you know we'll, we'll get to that home loss to Kentucky that's obviously a, a big deal but um, Saturday night going into Sunday morning it felt like I, I I hesitate to be dramatic and say the season was hanging in the balance, but when your second best player, Jalen Williams, has an injury like that, and Auburn has seen this movie before a couple times, and actually, Jason, it's kind of freaky. Uh, six years ago to the day was when Anthony McLemore broke his leg. We were looking that up, and that kind of freaked us out. Um, but it, you know, Bruce Pearl said after the game, it, it seemed like a pretty serious knee injury. You know, he said it wasn't just he didn't just bang his knee. Um, an MRI on Sunday for Jalen Williams, and if you haven't seen the news, um, it is positive relative to what could have happened here. Um, Auburn's confirmation is that it will not be a season-ending knee injury, and all indications are that he could return maybe even before the end of the regular season. So, um, all of a sudden, it's a perfect time for a bye week for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you really couldn't have asked for a better time for Jalen Williams to get healthy, but um, Jason, just a, just a massive sigh of relief for this team, because again, we've seen Auburn overcome injuries. I mean, they, they, they hung on and won an SC championship without Macklemore. They won an elite eight game without Chumo Kiki, but it just felt like, especially after the, a crushing loss like that, that was just, that had the potential to be a very bad day for Auburn basketball. Um, this season and now it and now it turns out to you know hey you're not going to have one of your best players for a little while um, but he can still come back and, and help you in the tournament it's just a I think a huge sigh of relief for uh, this team this coaching staff and these fans yeah the, you know what this next week gives you now is an opportunity to to mess with some things to see what some options are to get you through until Jalen Williams gets back um, that gives you a week to do that the, the first thing is is you have a couple of days to rest and to get your legs back under you a little bit as, as a team. I think it's been a, a, a grind, and, and I, I think almost every team has already had that that buy, and Auburn is, is probably one of the latest ones. And It showed up even for a team that's really deep. But I, I think now you go, okay, how does this – how do you, how do you get to, to factor this in? The first thing said is obviously you look at Chaney Johnson. Uh, Chris Moore could be an undersized four. 
those are two options that you look at. I think we'll see both of those to kind of depending on what it looks like. To me, another possibility would be to, to, to move Jani Broom to the four and have Dylan Cardwell and Broom play together a little bit. Um, and and Jani's shown that he can play and, and, and do some of those things outside. So I think that's a possibility. And then you have uh, Darren Scott, uh, a junior college guy that they signed that's really been more of just a scout teamer for much of this year. Maybe he's a guy that gives you five minutes uh, somewhere along the way. And so you've got some options now for this team. Obviously, none of those guys are Jalen Williams, but um, this is a team that has some some potential and some possibilities. And and so, um, you know, honestly, I mean, he, Chad Baker Mazar is not a classic guy, but you might could play five straight up five out and have him playing in, in some of that role as well. And so um, th th that's the thing. This team has options. Um, but getting Jalen Williams back back on the court and healthy um, for this team some here, somewhere down the line is going to be really important for this team to try to make a run in postseason play. And, um, you know, obviously, Nathan, it, it's a team that has shown signs that it can be really good. It's shown signs that it can be really bad. <laughs> the, the truth lies somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Bruce Pearl said it after the game that he thought this was a team um, preseason that had the potential that was good but had the potential to be very good. And now he said they're very good, have the potential to be great, um, but the potential to be great. You know, they haven't um, necessarily hit that hit that yet. And look, the Kentucky game, there were so many things that went wrong. Um, but to your point a little bit about the grind of the league, Jason, um, you know, Bruce actually said after the game that he was not expecting that to happen. But he said he's been wondering how long it would take before they have that kind of performance. Um, and it, you know, the reason it was so anomalous was the fact that it was on your home floor. And, you know, the lazy thing to say would be, oh, well, they just shot terribly. They're not going to shoot that bad again. No, there was a lot of things that I think particularly we've seen that ball pressure affect the point guards um, this season. That was the first thing Bruce Pearl brought up. But um, this was, Jason, the worst shooting performance in that gym of Bruce Pearl's entire tenure. It is the only time under Bruce Pearl in Neville Arena they have shot under 32% from the floor and under 20% from three in the same game. It was a combination of both. Yes, Kentucky you know, players, the Kentucky players said after the game, they said they were at their breaking point of hearing about how bad of a defense they were. They knew they could come in here and, and kind of have a game plan. Basically, their game plan was ball pressure at half court and triple team Jani Broom. That's it. Today, you have to go out and make shots. And really, a couple minutes into the game, it was clear Auburn was going to have issues doing that. They haven't had issues doing that all season. They were coming off 101 points. Um, you know, there are issues there. There are there are some problems they need to fix. But I would personally be surprised, especially on Auburn's home floor, if they shoot that poorly again. It was a combination of what Kentucky was doing, and Auburn just missed a lot of really open shots from three and in the paint. Yeah, no, I, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to give Kentucky credit. Um, you know, Auburn missed some open shots, but they missed a lot of those open shots after it started to snowball a little bit. Uh, there weren't a bunch of open looks early. Um, I honestly think Auburn was shocked. I was shocked. I wasn't expecting Kentucky's defense to look like that. I watched them play Ole Miss, and they, they were much better against Ole Miss, but Ole Miss must have missed a bunch of open shots early on. That was a Kentucky team that looked like to me that they finally figured out that, you know what, if we play defense, we can be pretty good. 
and it's a completely different Kentucky team. The other thing they have is they don't have a bunch of six, eight guards, but they're pretty long. They've got some length at those guard positions, and I thought, once again, that bothered Auburn. I thought the length on the wing bothered Auburn. And, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Florida big man length as much. But I thought even that, I thought Jalen Williams and Janai Brown were both very timid in the lane with a taller shot blocker protecting the rim. Um, there was a lot of hesitation, a lot of ball fakes, a lot of pump fakes. That's not the way they normally play. And so I thought it was a little bit of an impact, but Kentucky, Kentucky showed, showed a blueprint. Can Auburn now make people pay for doing that? Because we saw it all season. Um, teams, you know, I, Florida said, no, we're not, we're not going to let Janai Broom beat us. Somebody else is going to have to beat us. And then Kentucky said, oh, we're, we're going to one-up that. We're going to absolutely make somebody else beat you. And, uh, and nobody was able to do it. Um, so Denver Jones continues to be a guy that start is continuing to come on a little bit. Um, Chad Baker-Mazzara, those two guys were were really the bright spots of that. Obviously, Broom kind of did his did his thing, but um, they got to get, you know, and I'll, I'll give the other one too. But Katie Johnson continues to attack the basket and do a good job of doing that. But the, the wild thing about this one was, Really, for the for much of the second half, Auburn played without either one of its point guards on the floor. Um, that's the thing that Trey Donaldson has played so well, and it just kind of got taken out of the game by Kentucky. That was unexpected for me. And so, how do they kind of figure out not just Jalen Williams, but now what this backcourt's going to look like is uh, is a big part of this moving forward in the next week for for this team. Well, look, Bruce Pearl says things I think we've seen over the years very purposefully um, when he's trying to motivate his players and when he's assessing parts of the lineup. We've seen it in games where they've struggled this season, that point guard spot. And Bruce Pearl said it after the game. He said, he said we need better guard play. It's simple. And, and a lot of it comes back to point guard Donaldson and Holloway. And look, um, Auburn missed a lot of shots in this game. But still, when your point guards combine for zero assists, Never a good thing. Uh, they combined to shoot one of eight from the floor. Aiden Holloway continues to just be, be in a, just a really bad slump. Uh, and there was a missed three-pointer for him in the first half where he just looked incredibly dejected afterward. And that goes back to what you were talking about, Jason. It was it was the shock factor. It was the crowd, too. I mean, this was a crowd that had been built up for days yeah. looking forward to this game. And it wasn't and, even and then, the lead that Kentucky had. It, it was just the way the game was going. It was so they never got it. Auburn's crowd yeah. was never in the game because of what Kentucky no. did. You're right. Yeah, I mean, and, and that that bled over to a lot of areas. And um, look, Auburn played great defense in this game. Um, Kentucky averages 90 a game. Like you hold them to 70 on your home floor, you should uh-huh. give yourself an opportunity to win. Were, were they like four threes, something like that? I think it was four. They made four threes, something like yeah, that. I mean, four like, of 13 from three. Yeah, I mean, you hold a team to basically 20 points under its average. If you'd have told me before the game that Kentucky scores 70 and has four threes, and I'm like, hey, this is this is a comfortable win for Auburn. Um, that wasn't the case. Um, and it, it's, been, it's been as wild a swing in the past week and a half for Auburn basketball as, as I can remember. When you talk about Gainesville, to South Carolina at home, to Kentucky at home, you can't have a, a wilder swing of three games. And can this team find the happy medium? Um, if they find the happy medium, there's still a lot of winnable basketball games for these guys. 
but they're going to have to find some answers now, uh, you know, depending on, especially on, on how quickly Jalen Williams can get back and how healthy he is when he gets back. Well, and kind of a glass half full that somebody on our board was talking about, you know, over the next few games, however long it is, Auburn's going to learn how to, how to play without Jalen Williams. Then can you, again, this is a very positive way to look at it. You never want the player to be injured at all in the first place. But, you know, then when Jalen Williams comes back, maybe really close to tournament time or right at tournament time, does he give you a boost to a team that's kind of already learned how to play without him and kind of everybody having to step up in their own individual way? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, they've Auburn's been kind of all over the place. We've mentioned all season that that's just college basketball. But I feel like it has been uh, you know, spiked up in Auburn's case the past few weeks. They were a four seed. The, the NCAA selection committee um, had them as a four seed, the top four seed, the number 13 overall seed in the country. That's really, really good. Um, I saw Joe Lenardi's um, seed lines last night. He still has them on the four line, even after a loss like that. And so the Georgia game, I th- I think, becomes all the more important because are you going to lose at Tennessee? Probably, but that that remains your toughest game of the season. You can maybe you, you've got an entire week to try to figure out how to do this thing without Jalen Williams. You got an entire week to recover. Um, maybe if you can go out and steal that one against Georgia. And again, Jason, I go back to this three game stretch for Auburn to end the season. Um, you may not have to. And again, this is a very wishful thinking sort of glass half full situation here. You may not have to rush Jalen Williams back because against Georgia and Mississippi State, particularly at home, you're going to be expected to beat up on those guys pretty good, even without Jalen Williams. And so you may not, you may have to, you know, don't have to play in that many minutes. You may not even need him in those kinds of games. But the bottom line is this felt like the biggest, the biggest reason now that Jalen Williams is going to be healthy down the road, the biggest, you know, hit in the knee from this game is that Auburn's road to an SEC championship seems pretty damaged at this point, especially because Alabama continues to win and Tennessee continued to win too. Yeah, you're sitting here at 20 and six overall. Um, got what five games left, I think. Is it five right? I think if if you finish 24 and seven in a regular season, um, you start talking about okay, 24 to seven and um, but 13 and five, um, man, you just go, hey, you just, hey, tip a cap to somebody and say, great job. Um, that that's the thing now you look at it and you go hey if you go if you go still one at Tennessee great take care of business in the other games that's where this comes down to and and obviously you go to Tennessee and you go win at Georgia hey then it's all all hands on deck see what see what you get you know with the balls in Knoxville but yeah I think right now you look at it and go look just try to continue to to find some answers and start to build a little bit more momentum again they they had that momentum early in SEC play sharing the basketball, finishing. I, I think, uh, honestly, I honestly want to see potentially what Dylan Cardwell and, and Janai Brim would look like together. I think it could be a really interesting dynamic with with two low posts and playing and saying, okay, you want to double one? We'll just throw a lob to the other one all day long. Um, it changes some things. So you're not, maybe it's not as much outside play. But right now for this team, is that a bad night? I don't know if that's bad. It might be a not. good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. It may, be, it may be a good thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. But, yeah, I, I think you're looking to go, hey, kind of figure some things out, go to Athens on Saturday, 
regroup against a team that's really struggling. Um, Missouri's really struggling, even though they played probably their best basketball um, yesterday in a loss to Ole Miss. There's there's some some absolutely winnable games for this team down the stretch, even with Jalen banged up. Yeah, you feel like again they're they're still on that four line. You feel like and uh, probably a five seed, barring a just complete meltdown against these teams we're talking about at the bottom of the SEC. You feel like they're probably at worst a five seed, um, which is still a really good place to be. Like Jason said, you feel like you're in a spot now where try to handle business the best you can, kind of get to the end of the regular season because that SEC championship aspirations kind of feel like they're pushed far away now um, and try to get Jalen Williams healthy and then, and then get ready for a run in March. Um, so we'll see, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get Bruce Pearl this week on Thursday. Again, it's a great, it's a great week for them to be off by the way, Jason looking here. Um, I think they are only, I think them in South Carolina, as I'm looking at the standings, they are, they are the only two teams in the sec. If I'm reading this correctly. Yeah. There are only two teams in the SEC that, as of this weekend, have played 13 conference games. So yeah. them and South Carolina are the last teams to get a bye. Um, yeah, that's brutal. It wears on you. You saw it wear on South Carolina. Yeah, they got destroyed at Auburn. Come back home, it wears on you a little they're, bit. They lose LSU. You know what? In in the grand scheme of things, it may it may work out at Auburn's favor um, because of the injury to Jalen Williams. That it happens now. Maybe it gives you a little bit where you you're missing a game in the middle of the week, and it gives you a chance to regroup. So. Um, never a great time for that to happen, but for Auburn with a full week to prepare for, for Georgia, um, gives you a lot of time for rehab, a lot of time to, uh, again, kind of get to the drawing board and, and see what you can figure out to get prepared to, Hey, right now, just what do you, what do you gotta do to beat Georgia? Do that. Then what do you gotta do to beat Tennessee? You, there's no, there's no, there's never a look ahead anyway, but right now for them, you go look like, just, just figure out what you gotta do to win the next game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how confident I would have been if they had to play Georgia, say, Tuesday night. Tuesday or night, night, yes. It would have been really, really difficult to make that, to flip that switch and try to get something done without Jalen Williams right now. Yeah, and the emotion of losing Jalen Williams as well, the emotion of losing that Tennessee game. Um, so, yeah, it seems like it's coming at a good time here for Auburn. Uh, we'll shift over here to Auburn baseball, Jason, where you were um, throughout the weekend at Plains and Park. Um, they get a win, they get a series win, a series sweep over Eastern Kentucky. Um, I know there are a bunch of guys that you were really looking forward to seeing uh, really good attendance for them all weekend. Um, it was a little bit chillier, I think, than, yeah. than Bruce Pearl had uh, announced when he said, you know, it's going to be gorgeous weather in Auburn this weekend. He might have jinxed it a little bit, but uh, still seems like a good showing for Auburn in their uh, in their first few games of the season. I know there were some guys, particularly Joseph Gonzalez, that you guys were really looking forward to seeing here early in the season. Yeah, I I think you look and in, in pitching kind of is is a story early in the season, and and it was uh, Chase Allsup and and you know uh, you know two or three guys together in game one, you know that those early jitters. Auburn scores some runs. Ike Irish goes nuts and goes four for five and has a big day. Chris Stanfield swinging it good early, so kind of set the table for the weekend on a big first day, and then it became more pitching uh, in games two and three. I think for Butch Thompson and. Everett Tiefer to those guys, that's exactly what they wanted to be. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez wasn't sharp particularly, um, but I don't, Butch Thompson didn't expect him to be. I've seen him throw twice in the preseason. Um, arm strength is fine, all those things. He just doesn't quite have the feel back yet, but he battled and did a good job through five innings. Um, you know, and, and they did enough offensively to get the win in, in game two. And then 
today was a was a masterpiece by Carson Myers, uh, UAB transfer. His dad, Matt Myers, the guy that was on staff with Butch Thompson and Carl Maker, and I've known Matty for over 20 years. And you know, Carson's a guy that you know has, has grew up in Auburn, um, was at UAB the last couple of years, and makes a start and um, really good six innings, two hits, no runs, eight strikeouts, and then Christian Herberholtz comes in behind him and. Three innings, he was at one run, uh, strikes out six more. I think he had 14 strikeouts between them, but a really good finish to to a strong weekend for Auburn. There were a lot of teams all over the country that had at least one struggle um, this weekend at Auburn, handled things pretty well. Um, you know, I guess I think a solid Eastern Kentucky team. So, um, all in all, pretty good weekend for them. Got, I think the strength offensively is just depth. Uh, it it kind of reminds me a little bit of Auburn basketball in that you look and you go, we had 10 or 11 guys, and we saw, um, you know, three different starting lineups on the infield for three days for them, a couple of different DHs, um, and they got production from up and down the order. And so I think that's the strength of this team uh, as they kind of just, you know, now get moving with a midweek Tuesday night against UAB and then heading down to Jacksonville this weekend. I'll, I'll be going down, um, you know, to cover those guys down there with uh, a really challenging schedule, face maybe one of the top right-hand arms in the country on Friday night uh, when you face Iowa, back in it with Virginia on Sunday. Um, challenging weekend ahead. It'll be, be good for this team to kind of see where they are, but uh, all in all, a pretty successful weekend. Yeah, they've got a few little swings around the state here in, uh, in non-conference play, which will be good to get them kind of their sea legs on the road because I'm, I mean, I'm looking here, they don't leave the state of Alabama, it appears, in, in, in non-conference play. They won't do it until they... Uh, until they go uh, to Nashville to open uh, SEC play. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see. You mentioned uh, going to Jacksonville. I'm excited to see uh, your coverage from that and being there with the team because, um, you know, that's something that not everybody gets to see is that is that close access stuff. And um, I know Butch Thompson is somebody that uh, that really enjoys that aspect of things and somebody that you've gotten to know really well over the years. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And like you said, it should be a good field for them early in the season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you get Iowa, Wichita State, Virginia, um, three challenging games uh, down at the tournament down there. So it should be a lot of fun. Like I said, um, just to kind of an opportunity for them to almost NCAA tournament feel. That's that's kind of been now what happens in the world of college baseball. It's something that's happened in basketball over the years. The Maui Invitational has kind of been always been the one, but you've seen you know Cancun come in, and then we've seen them, you know, the Myrtle Beach, and we where these teams get a, hey, let's, let's get a little NCAA tournament feel and put you at a neutral side and play. And baseball has done a great job of that in the last probably five or six years, really, especially where you have a couple of tournaments in, in the state of Texas. Obviously, Florida and Jacksonville has one. And so you get these kind of round robins where you get a chance to play uh, neutral side. Tennessee is still playing tonight as we speak in Globe Life Park in Arlington. And so um, it's an opportunity for Auburn, like I said, to, to get a feel, to get a feel for, hey, travel stay in a hotel you're there for three days you know it's different opponents it gives you that opportunity to kind of okay this is what it's going to be like when you head to vandy for the sec opener the weekend of the sec tournament in nashville all that craziness going on and so i think it's a should be a good opportunity for these guys yeah so we're looking forward to checking out the coverage there um there'll be some recruiting this week as well uh, still in the dead period for football. We're still waiting for spring practice, of course. Going to have lots of previews over at the site. But um, you and Christian 
heading down to some basketball. I believe this, some of the state championships are uh, are getting to their final rounds here. Um, and so there'll be some Auburn targets in there as well. And then we're going to continue to have some coverage from uh, the Under Armour camp in Atlanta, where there was a lot of uh, there was a yeah. lot of Auburn targets. So lots of recruiting, both basketball and football, be coming to the site in the in the next few days. Absolutely. I have a chance. Yeah, Tuesday we'll go to Hansville um, and watch Buckhorn. Obviously, I wrote a, uh, for uh, for Monday. Um, you know, one of the top 2026 20, players in the country and the Buckhorn Bucks, uh, um, as you're very familiar with. Um, yeah, we like uh, them. Yeah, he liked those guys. Uh, yeah, one, one of the top players in the country. Uh, we're going to see him in action on Tuesday as well as um, Hoover and Thompson. I think the fourth time those seven, eight teams will play. Um, Really interesting on both sides there. Hoover, big man, Thompson, uh, you know, 2026 um, forward slash wide receiver slash hybrid tight end. So it'll give us an opportunity to see some guys in action uh, this week on the on the hardwood. Yeah. So y'all y'all go join us over at AuburnUndercover.com. Got tons of fun stuff going on this week for Jason Caldwell. Nathan King, hope you guys enjoyed the show today. Um, Go leave a five-star review if you did. Until then, we will catch y'all later in the next episode, and y'all have a good start to your week.